Hello, folks. Welcome to the October 16th edition of RoarComp Academy Weekly News Update. I'm Dave O'Brien with the firm Floyd's Garen and Kelly. Let's get started with some appellate news. The Court of Appeal rejected a claim of compensable consequence injury to an employee who was injured on her way to medical treatment. Tanya Esquivel resided in the city of San Diego and was being treated for her admitted industrial injuries by medical providers located within eight miles of her home in San Diego. But just before the auto accident, she drove about 130 miles to visit her mother in Hesperia. Later, on her way to medical treatment from her mother's home, she suffered new injuries when she drove through a stop sign in Hesperia. The Comp judge found that her auto accident was a compensable consequence of her existing industrial injuries. However, the Comp board granted reconsideration and reversed the judge's findings and award. The board reasoned that the auto accident was too distant from her medical treatment in San Diego to reasonably assign the risk to her employer. The Court of Appeal, in a published decision, agreed with the board that the auto accident was too distant from her medical treatment to be compensable. The Court of Appeal granted a writ of review in the case of Vicki Elliott versus WCAB. Elliott challenges a 2007 significant panel decision known as Brasher versus State Fund. Brasher allows an employer to respond to a PTP recommendation for spinal surgery by either following the spinal surgery second opinion process or utilization review or both at the same time. Elliott's employer contested her request for a spinal surgery and obtained evidence to rebut the PTP request for this surgery consistent with options specified in Brasher. Her attorneys argue that since the Supreme Court did not allow an employer multiple options to resolve treatment in Sanhagen, the Brasher significant panel decision should no longer be used in spinal surgery cases. However, Sanhagen did not specifically define the process for spinal surgery second opinion. An amicus brief has been filed in the case by William Herreras on behalf of the California Apple Attorney Association supporting Ms. Elliott's argument. It will be important, folks, to watch this case develop as the outcome may change the process by which employers object to a request for spinal surgery. Ogilvy's attorneys have filed a petition for writ of review in the Court of Appeal this week. The Ogilvy case is one of several controversial decisions in 2009 that set forth conditions upon which the PDRS can be rebutted. Both employers and applicants' attorneys seem to be equally dissatisfied with the second unbanked Ogilvy decision, which came out in early September. Applicants were hoping for a result that would allow an open-ended dollar-for-dollar DFEC adjustment to the rating based upon expert testimony. Employers hoped that there would be strict limits to DFEC adjustments. The applicant was first to file the applicant was first to file a petition for writ of review with the Court of Appeal on October 7. The employer had not yet 
filed an appeal, but there remains enough time for them to do so. There has not yet been any appeal of the Almarez-Guzman decision, but it is expected that appeals will be filed by all parties shortly. And here is our medical report for this edition. SB 899 mandated that all work comp medical treatment has to be consistent with peer-reviewed evidence-based treatment guidelines. But according to research reported at the American College of Surgeons 95th Annual Clinical Congress, treatment guidelines, folks, are not used by doctors as often as you and I might think. The report found that U.S. surgeons do at best a mediocre job of incorporating evidence-based guidelines into their practices. Researchers from the New York University School of Medicine analyzed questionnaires reflecting current medical practices. Overall, folks, only 60% of the answers showed that surgeons followed evidence-based guidelines. Investigators concluded that the use of evidence-based guidelines in clinical practices remained slow and inconsistent. They found that surgeons in particular often make choices according to their personal experiences rather than using evidence-based medicine. The DWC amended the medical treatment utilization schedule earlier this year to add a chronic pain guideline. This new guideline identifies the biopsychosocial model of pain as the framework for treating chronic pain patients. This model adopted by the DWC asserts that the mind plays a role in chronic pain treatment. This philosophy may have gained some scientific support from a study published in the periodical Science this week. Researchers claim that the so-called placebo effect is real and reaches down right to the spine. Researchers, folks, using an fMRI found that a placebo actually changes pain in a region of the spinal cord called the dorsal horn. The new research is the latest in a growing body of evidence that the mind provides an important physical component in pain treatment. Researchers suspect a range of chemicals from the brain may be involved. A San Jose doctor faces the loss of his job for questioning disability claims. The San Jose Mercury News claims that the city of San Jose has a far higher rate of retired police and firefighters on disability than other large California cities. They reported an earlier study that 52% of former San Jose officers and 77% of firefighters were receiving disability pensions. Pension trustees have not denied even one of the dozen of claims that have come before them in the past three years. After the earlier story was reported, the city hired Dr. Doss in 2005 to review these retirement cases. Dr. Doss admits he's a hardliner who demands medical evidence to support a disability claim. But he insists he's fair and simply wants documentation before agreeing that an employee has limited capacity to do his or her job. However, a retired officer who is chairman of the seven-member board in San Jose that oversees police and firefighters' pensions is proposing to shop around for a medical, another medical advisor. Oversight of the city's two pension funds is the subject of an ongoing tug-of-war. Critics argue that undue influence of employee unions over the pension boards has inflated benefits at taxpayers' expense.
And in other news, folks, Governor Schwarzenegger approved several work comp bills last week. He signed legislation that prohibits the denial of a workers' compensation claim filed by an employee who is attacked because of race, sexual orientation, or religious creed. The legislation is also known as Tanaka Law. It was introduced after the death of Tanaka Tally, a black employee who was stabbed while on the job at a Dollar Tree store. The claims administrator initially denied death benefits for the woman's son because the attack was racially motivated and unrelated to Tally's employment at the store. The new law would provide benefits for such an attack. Another bill requires insurers to pay for all medical services that have been authorized. This new law was requested by the California Chiropractic Association. The association claimed they had been collecting for services authorized and rendered. Chiropractors claimed they had trouble collecting for services authorized and rendered. The Association of California Insurance Companies opposed the bill. They said the law would force companies to pay for unwanted services and handcuff them in attempting to manage medical claims. Other legislation signed by the governor requires the WCIIB to post coverage information on their website so that the public can determine if an employer has coverage. The governor also signed a bill that extends the right to pre-designate a physician beyond the December 31st sunset date. The California Applicants Association announced a new website, Injured Women After Reform, or IWAR, I-W-A-R. The site authors complain that apportionment based upon causation related to gender or race is discriminatory. In 2008, the governor vetoed SB 1115, a car-sponsored bill, which would have eliminated apportionment based upon reasons such as race, age, gender, or genetics. In 2009, CARA sponsored SB 145, a similar bill which did not pass the legislature and was placed in an inactive file. Injured women will use the proceeds from eBay actions advertised on this site to elect a new state governor who will change apportionment rules. Iowa has a Facebook page and a list of eBay items now for sale. Items for sale include an autographed copy of Doors' 1967 first album, an Oakland A's World Championship flag, and a Lakers NBA Championship cap and other collectible items. The Oregon Work Comp Pure Premium Rate will drop 1.3% in 2010, saving Oregon employers an estimated $18.1 million. Oregon workers' comp rates have fallen each year since 2006 and have not increased since 1990. Officials said that increased workplace safety efforts created the trend in falling premiums. Workplace injury and illness rates in Oregon have declined nearly 19% since 2004 and more than 50% folks since the late 1980s. Officials said that Oregon injured workers are also returning to their jobs faster. The State Work Comp Medical Advisory Committee is credited with controlling health care costs in Oregon. This information from Oregon is consistent with our reports earlier about rate reduction in Hawaii last week. Both states attribute considerable savings to workplace safety and medical cost control.
And here's what's coming up, folks, next week. On October 19, the Association of Workers' Compensation Professionals will present their fall educational conference on crossover issues in workers' compensation at the Radisson Hotel in Sacramento. On Tuesday, October 20, the California Workers' Compensation Institute will present the 2009 California Work Comp Regulatory Update at the Hotel Nico in San Francisco. On Friday, Saturday, October 23 and 24, CAR will present their Northern California program on the Almarez, Guzman, Escobedo, and Benson decisions at the Doubletree Hotel in the Berkeley Marina. And Saturday, October 24, is the Qualified Medical Evaluator's Examination for physicians who have applied to take the competency examination. Information, folks, about these and other events can be found on our website by clicking the calendar tab on the top of your homepage. That's all our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, folks, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcast and special reports using your iPhone or iPod by searching for WorkComp Academy in the iTunes store. Again, I'm Dave O'Brien with Floyd, Scarron, and Kelly, and thanks for joining us, and I hope to join you again soon. Thank you.